With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome in, everybody, as we wrap up the last week of April. Actually, we start the month of May. It's May 1st today. Well, the month of April went by fast, didn't it? It's Pac-12 football and beyond here. I'm Chris Landry. We are wrapping up. Not going to be the last time we talk about the NFL draft as it relates to players, but we kind of spent this week conference by conference, breaking down how each conference did um, in the draft and kind of what it says, because it's one of the benchmarks to me to where the state of the program is. It tells you the level of talent coming out of a program, who you've recruited, who you've developed, and all those things together certainly generate Pro prospects, and we're going to see where the Pac-12, how they shaped up. Uh, you know the numbers. We'll go into a little bit more detail and talk about the players that were drafted, and got some news and notes on a few guys who uh, signed undrafted free agents here um, the last couple of days. But we've got the complete list of free agent signings and breakdowns of every pick in the NFL draft over at LandryFootball.com. So good to be with you as always, and again a reminder to check out LandryFootball.com, take advantage of our scouting season offer where we um, break down not only the draft and get the free the draft boards and free agent boards and scouting reports on both. Um, we've got a lot of things that we're working on, everything from recruiting. I look at the next year's draft, breakdown of rosters on the college and NFL level. we got it all covered for you. Uh, so there is no off season. Look, we're getting ready for the football season, plain and simple. And we're doing that by breaking down rosters, evaluating coaches, evaluating players, and we're going to get you ready for the football season better than you've ever been prepared before. So check out LandryFootball.com, less than $5 a month. Uh, you won't regret it. You're going to absolutely love it. You're also going to love the great folks at 401k Generation who bring you this podcast um, they are the experts in financial planning. Uh, 
money management, investments. This time, uh, this current environment, finances are a big concern. They can answer your questions and help you get through the difficult times. Uh, give them a call or give them a text at one 998 5879 They're licensed in all 50 states, so they can help you regardless of where you're listening to this podcast from. So one 998 5879 is the number to call. 401k generation, uh, helping you achieve your financial goals. Uh, make sure that you catch in this podcast, by the way, on your cell phone each and every day. Um, this podcast, the college podcast each and every day, as well as the pro football podcast by signing up for Landry Football's conference call. And one last thing, if you need to reach us, if you want us to help you promote your business and help you brand your business and yourself, your name, we can absolutely do that on Landry Football's um, uh, stable of podcasts, LandryFootball.com. All you got to do is contact us. Contact Chris at LandryFootball.com, and we'll be in touch with you uh, shortly on that. Uh, and it's also where you can send a question in uh, that if you want me to address here on this podcast or the pro podcast, just let me know, and we'll, we'll address it. So, Pac-12, <clears throat> we're going to get into the draft and some news and notes. We've got some, you know, um, some transfer news, just a little recruiting news, a lot of draft information. And we'll break down back 12. But as we do at the start of every show, we talk of what's going on nationally uh, on a daily basis at college football. This is a national college football show and a conference show weekly recap all in one. And we made that uh, decision as we started first of the year. Um, The NCAA Board of Directors has recommended against instituting a one-time eligibility waiver for all transfers. Uh, It looked like we appeared to be full steam ahead towards a one-off eligibility waiver in recent months, given the recommendation of the NCAA Waiver Working Group that that such a rule would be implemented. Any momentum towards the rule change was halted in its tracks, at least for now, with the announcement that it's not appropriate at this time to make changes to the waiver process. It's still possible that they will see a change put forward in the months ahead, even as early as May. We'll see. While it's easy to make the NCAA uh, out to be the villain, there's logic enough in holding uh, off on forward movement in this process during a time when schools are closed across the country. No need to compliment an already very complicated time. I applaud this move, the hold off. As you know, yesterday the NCAA Board of Governors passed a rule which allowed student-athletes to earn money from third-party endorsements. So the NIL, name, image, and likeness, is going to be an acronym you are going to be hearing about time and time again. It it will be interesting, and I went into it a little bit on a couple of other forums and and in yesterday's show, that interesting to see how they write the policy and clarify the do's and don'ts of what can be done and how it can be done, that's going to be completed late January, January 31st, 2021. So how do you wrap your arms around all the minutiae of how you can control certain regulations, the market market rate, 
for appearances and marketing ideas. It's going to be interesting how they're able to establish that, modify it, adjust it, track it, monitor it. All those things are going to be real interesting and complicated and cumbersome and sticky. And I think a complete mess before it's all said and done. We'll see. Hey, some national news, big-time news for the University of Tennessee. Receiving a verbal commitment from five-star linebacker Terrence Lewis. 6'1", 195, guy can really run. Chose Tennessee over Nebraska, Alabama, LSU, A&M, Penn State, Florida a little bit last winter. But the Opelika, Florida native, tremendous burst and range. Uh, hyper-instinctual, big-time tackler. Um, Tennessee's really getting it done in recruiting. And the second five-star pledge in under a week for them, they got Dylan Brooks, edge rusher, uh, came with them on Sunday. We got that for you on Monday's SEC Football and Beyond. Uh, Lewis is one of the top ten overall prospects in this 2021 class. A great get for Jeremy Pruitt. I've been saying, look, Tennessee, Jeremy, done a nice job. Think about where this was. And with everything going on, it seemed like the month of March took about three months, and the month of April went by pretty fast, I thought. It seemed like only yesterday we were in the fall. Tennessee's awful start. Jeremy Pruitt, um, I mean, losing to Georgia State. It was a collapse, not going to survive year two, all the rumors, all the – talk about a turnaround. Talk about an attitude adjustment within the program. Get that team pointed in the right direction through all sorts of negativity and controversy. And I think Jeremy's a good recruiter. But it's one thing to be a good recruiter and to be trailing Georgia in Florida. In recruiting, I mean, that's you can be good. And they had a top 10 class last year. That's good. That'll put you third. That'll keep you third in the East behind Georgia and Florida. No shame, but not what Tennessee fans expect. That's what you're going to get pretty much if you recruit third best. This past week is a sign that maybe, maybe they can get right in there with Florida and Georgia. Maybe they're not all the way there yet. Maybe this is just two guys, and they'll still end up somewhere in the top ten nationally, but a few pegs behind Georgia and Florida. And if that's the case, they'll gradually creep up. And you don't have to be ranked ahead of them to necessarily always be behind them in the standings, but you know how that is. You're going to have to prove how well you can coach and develop. Florida does a good job. Georgia does a good job in those regards. But this is a sign that maybe Tennessee can be right there with the very elite. Not good, but the very elite. Florida and Georgia in the SEC East. Um, And this would certainly put them there. Great week for them. Can't say it enough. Uh, Missouri got a verbal from four-star defensive end Travian Ford yesterday. 6'3", 222. Had over 30 offers. Um, he had hoped to make some official visits to Illinois, Louisville, and Missouri this spring. Um, he's a St. Louis native, uh, a top 225 overall prospect in this 2021 class. Good get for Eli Drinkwitz and folks. Now, this may be a case, although I do like 
because he was looking regionally, St. Louis kid, Illinois, Louisville. I mean, there's no question that Missouri is absolutely the direction of the program that looks the best there. And I I think it's a good get. I I do think the fact that there wasn't uh, a lot of um, opportunity to visit other places may have helped him. But it looks like he was going to stay local with Louisville and particularly Illinois uh, and Missouri in the mix. Good get for Eli Drinkwitz. And also South Carolina gets a verbal from four-star linebacker Trinellius Tatum, Georgia Tech. Looked like they were in the best position to get him, the Jonesboro, Georgia native. Uh, but they, South Carolina just crept up and crept up and did a good job with the virtual recruiting on the 6'2", 210-pound linebacker. Told Will Muschamp and his crew um, uh, recently, and uh, it's it's come out. That's where he's headed. So congrats. Good uh, day for the SEC, Tennessee, Missouri, and South Carolina getting big commitments nationally. All right, over into the Pac-12, some transfer news. Boise State redshirt junior linebacker Joshua Booker-Brown, again, remember, I know you said Boise State Pac, yeah, we go West Coast here, not just Pac-12, but Josiah Booker-Brown entered the transfer portal, the redshirt junior linebacker. It's junior college transfer that played a little bit fairly effectively in a backup role, sub role for Boise. He's going to be able to transfer as a graduate, be immediately eligible to play right away, regardless of where he goes. Hawaii redshirt freshman Zach Daniel has entered the transfer portal. Three-star quarterback commitment in 19. Didn't play last year. Six feet, 190 pounds. Four years of eligibility. Uh, he'll have to sit out the 2020 season, it looks like. Um, some recruiting news. Um, biggest news over the past this past week. Um, Colorado receiving a verbal commitment from um, defensive end Allen Ball, 6'5", 253. I think can play with his hands down effectively. Um, he's uh, a good player, not that an elite-level guy that looks to be about a three-star kid, a Boston College, Central Florida, Maryland, other schools. Good-looking kid. Um, uh, not an elite-caliber player. But, but a solid player that uh, I think they can they can develop into a pretty good defensive end. And Washington getting a verbal from three-star defensive tackle. Uh, Voye Tunafudu, 62-280 out of Salt Lake, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, an area that Washington recruits and recruit hard and well. Uh, beat him out, uh, beat out BYU, Arizona State, Arkansas, Michigan, and Utah for him. Fourth best player in the state of Utah, a top 25 defensive tackle nationally now. The Huskies under Jimmy Lake now has five commitments for the 2021 class. Um, you know, thinking about guys and guys coming in and was asking, answering some questions about the offensive tackles, offensive linemen in particular, but uh, specifically offensive tackles in this past draft that just completed. And somehow the conversation got over to next year. And there's some really good offensive lineman, none better than Oregon's Panay Sewell. Uh, this guy has a chance to be freakishly good. Um, 6'6", 330, with unbelievable power. I mean, NFL-looking body and strength at this point. Uh, this guy looks like he's unbelievable. We're looking like a guy that's a 
clearly a top five guy. And, you know, foot quickness, you know, would put him really high. Put him in the conversation. Um, it's going to go to quarterbacks, but, but talk about a blindside guy that comes in, an elite-looking player, no doubt about it, Panay Sewell. Outstanding. Uh, some undrafted free agent signings of note, some official signings. We have all the guys that uh, agreed to a deal on Saturday after the draft and Sunday. Got all that up for you. But the some of the contracts being finalized. Uh, the Eagles signed Montana linebacker Dante Olson. Good-looking player, very productive player for the Grizzlies. 62 through 37. Uh, ran 48840. Uh, I don't know how good of a sideline to sideline player he's going to be. Doesn't have great cover skills, but I think can be a good team's player. Good signing for them. The Rams signed Arizona State Center Cole Cabrill, three year starter for Arizona State, 6'3, 385 pounder. Played some left tackle at his time at Arizona State. He's going to play center, but position versatility is key. Got good toughness, good smart, um, competitive guy. Uh, we'll see if he can make the developmental squad. Uh, certainly an uphill battle there. The Rams also signed Weber State defensive end Jonah Williams, quality player for the Wildcats there at Weber State um, in his four years. Um, seven and a half sacks and, you know, uh, multiple tackles for loss, two fumble recoveries, 6'5", 275. Um, not great use of hands, not overly quick. We'll see how much stronger he can get and whether he can be somebody that possibly can earn a spot on the developmental squad. Washington uh, tackle Trey Adams signed with the Bills. The mammoth 6'7", 314-pound guy entered both his junior and senior years as one of the top tackles uh, in college football, but injuries, inconsistent play, and really didn't perform well at the scouting combine, really hurt him, went as an undrafted free agent. And uh, nice signing for Buffalo, though, to see if they can get something out of the, the young lad. New England signing San Diego State linebacker Cavea Tizino. Outstanding over the last two years with the Aztecs. Followed up with the 127 tackle, 10 and a half sacks in 18, 99 and three and a half, <clears throat> adding two interceptions for good measure. One of the top undrafted players on the board, I thought. Doesn't play up to his speed, but moves pretty well. We'll see what he can do in his versatility and his athletic ability and Bill Belichick's defense, and certainly we'll see if he can uh, help him on special teams, which is the absolute quickest way to earn um, some respect um, from the coaching staff. Uh, the Saints, very active, uh, adding a couple of Oregon guys. They signed Oregon wide receiver Jawan Johnson, spent one year with the Ducks, transferring over from Penn State, 6'4", 231-pounder. Uh, ran 4.58.40 at the Combine. Uh, good signing for them. Also the Saints signing Calvin Throckmorton. Very productive um, player on one of the best, if not the best offensive lineman, uh, line in the country. Definitely in the Pac-12. 6.5.310. Uh, um, awful Combine. So he went unselected as a result of that. But he'll get a chance to see what he can do. Um here with the Saints. The Patriots signed J.J. Taylor, Arizona running back. Not uh, much size, obviously. A little jitterbug, 5'5", 185-pound guy. What do you do with him where you play him? Uh, not as productive of the senior year. Battled some injuries. Uh, not a good offensive line he played behind at Arizona, but he can be a special teams playmaker. Third down back. 
we'll see. Not much catch rate. So that's a look <clears throat> at um, at some recent signings. So let's get into what happened. How did the Pac-12 shore up? You know by now that if you're looking at how the conference is shaped up, <clears throat> we've been talking about it all week. The SEC clearing away the best, again, 63. Two's the Big Ten, 48. Then it's the Pac-12. Now, there's no doubt that um, the Big 12 only has 10 schools. But 32 beats out the ACC with 27 and uh, the Big 12 with 21. And it kind of marries what we've talked about, that the Pac-12 matches up very well, very favorably. I thought was better last year more quality teams than the ACC. They don't have a Clemson. And you got to factor that in. That gives the ACC the edge because they've got a playoff caliber team. Well, there was no playoff caliber team in the Pac-12 this year, and it kind of proved it because Oregon could have been. Utah just overachieved and played well. I mean, Oregon, uh, Utah had some good players. They didn't completely overachieve. They, they, they achieved well, but couldn't at key moments hold up. And they could have gotten in. They didn't. Um, Oregon spit the bit a little bit in a couple of key games, or else they would have been in. So you could absolutely, in my mind, look at Oregon along the same lines as you would Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know that Oregon would have fared any better than Oklahoma uh, in these playoff games the past couple of years. Um, maybe a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse, but I think about the same. But you look at it, Clemson's ability to override some of the frailties in the ACC were pivotal. But I think these draft numbers are indicative of what we talked about when watching tape during the course of the year, that Pac-12 was pretty good overall, just not an elite team. So you get 32. You had Arizona State with two. Ayuk and Benjamin. You had Davis, uh, excuse me, Cal with three, with Davis and Hawkins and Weaver. Colorado with three, Hambright and Chenault and Taylor. Oregon, only four. Oregon State uh, with the, with Die Hanson, Herbert, and Lemieux. Oregon State with three. Good showing for them. Not all six-rounders, but Brando Hodges and Luton. USC with two. Jackson and Pittman. That's not USC. A first-rounder and a second-rounder, but why are they not eight, nine guys from USC? Stanford down with only two. Parkinson and two Hill. We've if spoilless, USC, excuse me, UCLA with three. Mid-rounders, third, fourth-round guys, Asasi, Holmes, and Kelly. Utah with seven. Now that's a showing. A second-rounder, three third-rounders, a fourth-rounder, a fifth-rounder, a sixth-rounder. That's getting it done. Seven guys. You know they're not recruiting five-star guys, four-star guys. Washington with two, Washington State with one. So who am I missing? Um, 
who did not have a player. Oh, Arizona did not have a player taken. The only school in the conference that did not have a player drafted. Again, we just talked about J.J. Taylor's a couple of other guys. Um, so let's let's take a look at kind of where things are. We'll start with Arizona. Kevin Sumlin, disappointing from a recruiting standpoint, what they've been able to do or not been able to do. Um, and you worry a little bit about where that is headed if they're going to make some inroads. And, again, the pressure level at, at, Arizona, at Arizona is not real high. But you wonder if they can get to the point where they can at least go bowling. They, they are not even close to being competitive at the top of the Pac-12. Got a long way to go. No question. And and it's fair to question whether he can get it done. I, I have to say that at this stage, Herm Edwards has done a nice job at Arizona State. I think the recruiting has gone well. I think we'll have to see if the development side of it continues. I think we're going to see more than just a couple of guys year in and year out every year as prospects. And I think you're going to see that production on the field. So I'm excited about what where things are going there. Um Cal, love what Justin Wilcox is doing. Developmental program, getting three guys, that says an awful lot. Um, Colorado, obviously Calderell. There's an uphill battle there. I, I'm, I'm not going to be, um, you know, we'll see how well he can recruit, and certainly the timing wasn't good, but I, I think they've got an uphill battle. I, I thought they had two outstanding players in this draft. Uh, being able to recruit and develop uh, and com- be competitive, um, it's going to be interesting to see. The program that clearly looks the best talent-wise <clears throat> is Oregon. And, you know, the offensive line was great. Not We had a couple of guys that didn't go very high off that offensive line but are really good players and had a really good team. But you're talking about Herbert and Die that were really good. Troy Die went lower than I thought. You know, Hanson and Lemieux, Lemieux went a little lower than I thought too. But as a guard, not all that surprising. But I, I think the recruiting and development at Oregon has been pretty good. I really like what Jonathan Smith is doing at Oregon State. Like that he's been able to get something out of not a whole lot. USC obviously is the biggest concern inside the league is it's the Velcal program. We've talked about it. The talent level in terms of numbers are down in terms of draft prospects. But I will say this. If there's a flicker of light, and that's all I can call it a flicker, is that they are recruiting pretty well right now. Early on, it's a good sign. Can that continue? Can that finish? Don't know. It's an odd year in recruiting having to do it mostly virtual. But, you know, the on-field coaching, while not great, has not been the biggest problem for USC. It's recruiting. Signs that it's getting better. Not going to overreact yet. I'm saying there's signs. There's flickers. Let's see if they can they can continue to move. Or if not, then obviously what many thought should have happened last year may happen this year or soon. Stanford 
it's down from what David Shaw has had. Yeah, you got a tight end again getting drafted, death taxes, and a tight end getting drafted out of Stanford. <clears throat> but the talent level hasn't been quite as good. And the production on the field, while good at times, not been as consistent. UCLA, disappointing. You know, I got three players. You know, I do think they can develop players fairly well. Recruiting is going to be a problem with Chip and UCLA. Doesn't seem like that's getting to the level that I thought it potentially could be. Utah is what it is, one of the better developmental programs. It's the Iowa of the West. I mean, you look at Kyle Winningham, it's doing what Kurt Ferentz does at Iowa, same type of production. You give them an opening, they'll outcoach you, they'll develop players, seven guys. Incredible. We'll get specifically to all the names. Washington. You know my high regard for Chris Peterson. Only two guys. Can Jimmy Lake take that program to the next level? Can he recruit at a at a really different level? Can Why can't he and that program at Washington do what they do at Oregon? Why can't that be closer? I don't think – I mean, they don't recruit as well as Oregon does. That's um, – Something that I'm curious to see if he can take to a different level. And Washington State, they are what they are. And, you know, getting great talent's not what they're going to be about. And we'll see what Nick Rolovich can do uh, in terms of his development of players. He's done a nice job of that in Hawaii. See if he can recruit a little bit better at Washington State. So how does it look for each of the players? Brandon High, a great fit for the Niners out of Arizona State. Uh, somebody that can be that slot, that versatile guy that they're looking for, playmaker. Um, that's a great fit for him and a good slot at 25. Eno Benjamin, stand right home with the Cardinals. Playmaker, got some productivity, like, like that value in the seventh round. Cal Ashton Davis with the Jets. Love this guy's ability, love his instincts. Got some limitations in deep coverage, but I think a really good player. Jalen Hawkins. Uh, fourth round, pretty good value. Might be able to help on teams with the Falcons. Love me some Evan Weaver. Also um, going to Arizona. Very instinctive. Two-down linebacker. Going to be a liability in coverage. But what a special teams guy. What a good run defender. One of the best football-playing dudes at the college level on the defensive side this past year. Colorado, LaVisca Chenault. Stay healthy, my man, and what a career you could have could be on the opposite side of D.J. Chark in Jacksonville. Davion Taylor with Philadelphia has got some range and some playmaking ability. Third round there. Arlington Hambright, um, long shot to make that roster. We'll see if he can do anything to get on the developmental squad. Seventh round pick out of for the Bears. Like me some Troy Die. I thought it was a great value. Uh, for Minnesota, and a draft in which the Vikings got a lot of good value, I thought. Guy that can help them. I really think he can make that team. Jake Hansen, um, fine center um, for the Ducks, going to Green Bay in the sixth round. Justin Herbert, of course, the star of the Oregon class, going to the Chargers, like it. Had him pegged for the Chargers early on, like the fit, like the region, <clears throat> Like the potential to him to develop slowly there.
and then Shane Lemieux at the Giants. It's a neat spot. Giants need help. Adding guys on the offensive line, good move there. Blake Brendel, uh, sixth-round pick tackle for the Vikings out of Oregon State. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins, sixth-round pick for the Bills. Like his size. Jake Luton, it's interesting. Guy that's, you know, a more productive quarterback than people know. Not much movement skills, but sixth-round, interesting pick for the Jags. USC, obviously, Austin Jackson going first round with the Dolphins. Listen, he's young. think a little bit of a reach where they took him. But the guy's got a lot of upside, got left tackle feet potentially. They drafted their quarterback in Tua. they got to protect him. Austin Jackson can develop into a really good one. Like me, Michael Pittman, second-round value, big-time talent, physical receiver for the Colts um, at uh, the second-round pick. For Stanford, Colby Parkinson going fourth round to Seattle. They love them some tight ends that can run and make plays, and he can do that. Casey Tuhill, um, like his toughness and grit, seventh round pick for the Eagles. UCLA, uh, Devin Asasi. Um, I know Bill Belichick likes him, his connection with Chip Kelly. The ability, the versatility to play online, be a, a move guy. Uh, they want to play more tight end sets and help the young quarterback out or the quarterback, whoever it's going to be in New England, be if they sign an Andy Dalton or if they go with the Jared Stidham. Working the backs and working the tight ends, working the horizontal passing game is what they're going to be all about. Devin Asasi can certainly help them with that. Darnay Holmes, fourth round of the Giants, pretty good value there. Guy that's got some athletic ability. Uh, that's, uh, quite frankly, wasn't as productive. The tape wasn't as productive as his athletic skills. And I like Joshua Kelly's uh, uh, run skills, fourth-round value for the Chargers. For Utah, Bradley and I, just how good a value that is for Dallas at five. And, you know, you got limitations athletically, but a really good player. Julian Blackman, third-round pick of the Colts, uh, got versatility at safety, can play in the box extremely well. Um but got some coverage ability. Terrell Burgess, the other safety with the Rams, I think is really good value. Leaky Foto, fourth-round pick, nose tackle of the Cardinals, good value there. They got uh, Foto and Rashad Lawrence to the Cardinals in that fourth, fifth-round area, good picks. Jalen Johnson, second-round pick, good pick for the Bears there. Zach Moss, love his run stinks and toughness and contact balance. Third-round pick for the Bills. Good pick there. And uh, John um, Penasini, the defensive tackle for the Lions in the sixth round. Really good value. And then the Washington schools. Jacob Eason, fourth round of the Colts. Might be a project, but what a talent. Fourth round. Went ahead of um, Jake Fromm. Uh, you know, a guy that's got a lot of ability can – when you've got a really good quarterback teacher like Frank Wright, um, this gives Jacob Eason a really good opportunity to learn the game. He's got a long way to go. He just doesn't have enough football under his background. And I thought Nick Harris was great value for Cleveland in the fifth round, a center that I think can help them and make their team. And then Desmond Patton, the only Washington State Coug that was drafted, big uh, six-round pick for the Colts, uh, big possession receiver, doesn't run very well. But uh, interesting uh, possession guy that they added to the mix. So that's a look at the Pac-12, the player-by-player and kind of team-by-team look is how things shape up as we put the draft to bed. Hey, folks, I hope you enjoyed the recap this week. Next week we'll 
get into, uh, I'd probably be a little briefer podcast. <laughs> I say that all the time. We're going to try to really get into some of what's going on in recruiting and the latest news. Obviously, um, we don't have any indication and there's not anything close. It wouldn't be the time. Uh, spring practice would be over anyway, but there's no spring practice, of course, to react to. But we're going to talk about players going forward that are going to be intriguing guys to watch uh, around the country uh, in each conference. And then we're going to certainly kind of get into uh, evaluation of some of the recruiting classes and certainly players and the latest news and notes. So we're going to keep you up to date on everything going on in the world of college football each and every day. So make sure that you stay tuned for us. And if you got a question, send it over to me at contact Chris at LandryFootball.com. Also check out our great friends at 401k Generation. Licensed in all 50 states, they can help you with your money management, investment goals. All you got to do is give them a call or a text at 1-866-998-5879. Tell them that we sent you. They'll take good care of you. Appreciate them being part of the family and allowing us to give you a college and pro podcast each and every weekday. So we will talk to you Monday, SEC football and beyond, and we'll talk to you over on the pro football side as well. Talk to you on both of them. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be safe. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.